Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to a postseason football Friday, our first on today's show. Of course, we got MJ's three keys to victory. What's it going to take for the Cardinals to advance to the divisional round? Vance Joseph addressed the media. We'll let you know what the defensive coordinator had to say. First, though, practice number two for J.J. Watt. That's right, we're talking about practice. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 527, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So not nearly the buzz like Thursday regarding J.J. Watt on the practice field, but he was out there, MJ, and that's the important thing, to see number 99 back-to-back days. Yeah, and, you know, they mentioned yesterday very limited. Um, I think they know what he can do. It's just getting through the next couple of days. Um, the fact that he's out there, he's, he's in drills, so we don't get a chance to see practice, and there hasn't been any setbacks. And, you know, according to the national media, Ian Rapport said he was trending. He looked good on the field yesterday, so that's all we can go by. I'm not going by the national media. I'm going to go by what we see and what we hear from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. Quote, don't be surprised if he's ready to go. End quote. No, I understand. That's all that matters. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, yesterday was very limited, and then people this morning, you know, they were talking about, well, they're downplaying this. Again, I, you know, I – I have an idea. I'm, I, the thing is, I think he's going to play. But the, the the fact is that you just don't want to have any setbacks going into Monday. Coach Joseph did say that Watt will have his workload amped up, ramped up, I should say, later this week, meaning Saturday, Sunday. So they'll get an idea. And again, the anticipation, MJ, is that we will get an email Monday at some point signaling J.J. Watt activated off injured reserve. That is correct, and that's the plan right now. Um, and they got a couple more practices. Um, they'll have one practice tomorrow, and then another walkthrough, and then obviously travel to Los Angeles sometime Sunday afternoon. What we also saw on Friday, Zach Allen back on the practice field after not being out there on Thursday. Antonio Hamilton back as well. No Isaiah Simmons, however, and for a brief period of time. A little uneasiness, you're missing one of your stud linebackers and who can do it all inside, outside, play a little slot. But according to Coach Joseph, a family matter has kept Simmons away from the team. But he will be back later on Friday, rejoin the team on Saturday. So all good in that area. Now offensively, James Conner, not spotted. Rondell Moore was spotted, had his helmet, then walked inside as we walked outside and Jonathan Ward working on the side. So when it comes to Connor, certainly would be a lot better if we know he is going to play, something to pay attention to. And in Rondell Moore, a piece of this offense that hasn't got a lot of attention as far as missing, it's always DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, James Connor, but Rondell Moore getting him back on the football field, if he's able to go, he's missed time with an ankle injury, could be a little different dynamic than we've seen over the past several weeks. Yeah, you just want to get him in space. And we always talk about what the Rams do with their wide receivers and obviously Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham and then Van Jefferson. I mean, you want to get him in space. And I know a lot of people um, look at it, why don't they throw the ball down the field for him? 
but you want to get him in space with quick pass, you know, even if it's at the line of scrimmage where he can start running. Because once he puts his foot in the ground, he's off to the races, and they definitely have missed him in this offense. Um, but get Zach Ertz and Christian Kirk a lot of credit. They really stepped up since Hop's been out. It's been good to see, especially Zach Ertz, being targeted more and being effective when he is catching the football. And hopefully that continues come Monday because the chemistry between quarterback and tight end, Zach Ertz on Friday, Friday glowing response when asked about K1. Yeah, and Kyler said he's always open, and he says when he watches film and he has to throw to another guy, and he's, he's always open. And one thing I like about Zach Ertz today, because I said, you know, Kyler says you're open. He said there's when the first quarter I'm setting up something up for the fourth quarter, and that's 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 football IQ right there. If they're going to show you a different look, well, let's go back to this maybe in the second half. So um, he's been a he's been a, a great addition, and uh, I know he likes it here. He didn't want to talk about the future, but I I would think that he'd be on the radar moving forward. Called Kyler Murray the, the most talented player he's played with in his career, and that speaks volumes. He wouldn't touch his future. There's also the future of Vance Joseph. He has confirmed that he will interview with the Denver Broncos. That request was made earlier in the week, has not interviewed with the Broncos. As he said, one, pretty cool to be asked, but right now my sole focus right now is on the Los Angeles Rams. And that's the way it should be, and I'm not surprised. Um, it's always nice to be wanted, and he does have a relationship with the ownership there. He was a, you know, a position coach, and you know, so he, there's always nice to have somebody that you know in the building, and, and the GM's been there for a long time. So right now the focus is on the Rams, like he said, on Monday night. He was the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins back in 2016. I might have said the Denver Broncos. Two years, the head coach of the Broncos. So this will be his so second co- opportunity. Okay. Yes, second head coaching opportunity if he does, one, get an offer, and two, he accepts. Yeah, and it, let's just peel the curtains back. He really didn't have a quarterback there. They had uh, Paxton Lynch and Brock Osweiler, and, you know, Elway's been trying to find that quarterback, and they're still trying to find that quarterback. But – I think when you go through that process and then you take a step back and you're a coordinator, but you also learn what didn't go right and wrong. And I, I'll say this, not speaking for him, he's not going to take any job. Correct. you got to make sure the organization is committed. you got to make sure, you know, what's the quarterback situation like? You know, right now Miami has Tua. I'm getting ahead of myself. But even Todd Bowles, I've talked to him, and he said, I will not take any job. He said, what I went through with the Jets, they never gave me a pass rusher, and that was the issue there. Uh, obviously, the quarterback situation, you know, when they you know, had different quarterbacks. So it, a lot of it has to do with the general manager, the personnel, and who's the quarterback. And th- those jobs become more attractive. Now there's only one of 32, so you have to be selective, though. You just can't take a job because you want to be a head coach again. Both those gentlemen – deserving, more than deserving, of a second opportunity to be the man in charge. Coach Joseph, earlier this season on the Dave Pash podcast, spoke about that as far as won't just take any job. Family considerations also a part of that. His family likes it here, so that's something to uh, pay attention to as well when it comes to Vance Joseph and different openings around the National Football League. And I'll say that when it comes to Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris. I mean, it's great they're getting these interviews, but you look at the Giants and even the ownership said, this is the most embarrassed I've ever been. And so they're trying to hit the reset button. But you, you, you got to, again, one of 32, it's a great opportunity. 
but you don't want to be on the on the um, the employee uh, or you know Black Monday or <clears throat> parting ways in three years from now. You, you notice over the when on Monday it was more parting ways. <laughs> Only one I saw was we relieved the duties of Joe, Joe Judge. Yeah, they've come up. They've opened up that thesaurus to figure out other ways to say you're fired. Right. A politer way of saying we no longer want you in our building. Right, we've parted ways. Yeah. You know, I saw Joe Judge had, uh, he was, it was on TMZ, he had like four or five cases of beer, and they had like 10, 10 pizzas, and he invited the entire staff over to oh, his good house. good for him. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, it didn't work out. He's not a bad guy. He'll be a special teams coordinator, but he had everyone at the house, and hopefully they had a good time. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, a football Friday, a postseason football Friday. We've got Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory here in a moment, but since we had a chance to hear from Vance Joseph earlier on Friday, again, usually it's on Thursday, but everything pushed back a day with the game on Monday. A couple of things stood out with Coach Joseph. One, selfishly, I hope he doesn't leave because I enjoy hearing him and then he dumbs things down for us, so to speak. He makes it sound so simple. It's not, but he makes it sound simple. One, talk about the health when it comes to the cornerback position. Quote, we are in a good spot at corner. Marco Wilson is practicing. Antonio Hamilton back on the practice field. Kevin Peterson out of concussion protocol. And Bashad Breland, quote, is going to be in the mix. Now, I don't know if that was going to be in the mix as far as playing or in the mix as far as who's active and whether or not Breland gets elevated. Now, you already have said, Mike Jarecki, that Breland will be elevated and added to the active roster at some point this week. Yeah, and I believe that. And, you know, do they dress five? I mean, again, are you going to go shorter? Or some, if you're going to go four running backs based on what's happening with Chase Evans and James Conner, Eno, and then Jonathan Ward, uh, maybe you go three there. How many tight ends do you address? But, you know, last week, uh, the first, the fourth play of the game, Kevin Peterson goes down. And, you know, Marco Wilson's coming off an injury, so you got to have some depth. But I do think, and, and that that's the number one reason why they went out and got this guy. They wanted a veteran corner that has experience. And you heard Buddha, uh, you know, just just the way he, 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 he's picked up the defense. Now, it's not going to be perfect, uh, but you need some depth if something happens. And I do think he's going to be active. More from Coach Joseph on Breland. He has a great feel for our route concepts. He's here to help us, end quote. So a two-week process to get him up to speed. It would have been nice if he was available last week, but I think, to your point, they had an eye towards this wild card weekend, the first round of the playoffs. They weren't just going to throw him in and a sink or th swim kind of thing. It's like, all right, we have bodies that have been around. You're still kind of new, talented, but still new. Let's give you a little bit more time. And I really think, uh, you know, just based on Robert Alford hasn't been able to play, that's what they were looking for. And, you know, according to Adam Schefter, there were multiple teams in the playoffs that wanted a veteran corner. And I think because he made the commitment with the Cardinals and he had the COVID and he stayed in town, it made sense for him. And, and obviously probably getting a chance to learn the defense from afar. Um, couldn't be in the building until he obviously was out, out of COVID. Uh, COVID protocol, but that was the whole idea is, is to get a veteran corner, and if Alford was here, maybe we are having a different conversation. The other topic of conversation with Coach Joseph that stuck out to me, MJ, was a question regarding what this team was focusing on this week. Kingsbury earlier in the week, defensively, 
explosive plays, and that's been an Achilles heel of this defense ever since the second meeting against the Rams back in week 14. And Coach doesn't really throw out stats a lot, but this obviously stuck out to him, and I'm sure it's been hammered home all week long with his players. The last eight plays of the regular season finale against the Seattle Seahawks. So the last eight plays, not last eight minutes, the last eight plays that the Seahawks ran, 130 yards and three touchdowns. And we talked about it. You bring it up. Those final three possessions, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Well, that was eight plays. I didn't realize it was so short. And it it it, it sounded – he mentioned it to- twice, talking about Coach Joseph. And then you kind of step back and think, wow, eight plays. You know, you're a small sample size for a much larger – period of time you know talking about 50 plus 60 plays but eight plays and that was the difference between a win and a loss and it happened like in the last I want to say last 17 minutes of the game so eight plays but the Cardinals obviously had some opportunities unfortunately some of those 14 play drives and the 19 play drive early in the game they weren't able to score touchdowns and obviously that um, didn't help them to stay in the game because give the Seahawks credit Russell Wilson played well uh, their defense played well. Uh, but you know what? They're sitting home at home now, and the Cardinals are playing on Monday night. One of 14 teams playing as part of Super Wild Card Weekend before we get into the matchup on Monday. Anything else from Coach Joseph MJ for you that, that stood out? Because, again, I enjoy listening to him 10, 15 minutes once a week, and I hope it continues next season. Wish him well if it doesn't because that means he's a head coach somewhere. But, again, Selfishly, don't want to see Coach Joseph leave. Kind of piggybacking off the, one of the questions I had asked Jordan Hicks yesterday and very similar to Vance Joseph, just tendencies. Going back to that first game, we know the Cardinals ran the ball over 40 times. Um, you know, they were able to run the ball to, to, to close the game out. And then you go back to the second game where, you know, I, I listened to you and Danny Sarek on AZ Cardinals. I didn't realize all those touchdowns were on first down. That was surprising to me because usually, like you said in the, in, the, in, the, in the video, Sean McVay was not waiting for second and third down. He, so, and, and tendencies are something you see now, you know, you look at the last four games, but they do have two games where they can go back and look at what worked and what didn't. And the, and the thing is with McVay's offense, not so much the motion, but they they can show the same formation and run three different things out of it. So it's all about your eyes. You can't cheat. And I, both they both said it, and it sounds so simple, but what, what, if you your eyes are in the wrong spot, a split second, all of a sudden a crease is there. So that's something that are going to have to be on their P's and Q's. But that, that was probably what I was able to take out. Tendencies, knowing he played against his team, and obviously it's the first year for Stafford, but it's still, it's still similar to the McVay offense. So they kind of have an idea and very similar for – you know, a guy like Raheem Morris knowing the Cardinals offense. And the spotlight is brighter. The stage is much larger. But at the end of the day, it is still a game of football. What you did in the regular season is what you're going to do in the postseason. But everyone has recognized the magnitude. They're not shying away from it, but they're trying to, and maybe even try to convince themselves, let alone the guy next to them and their fellow teammates, not to do anything extra not to make this any more than what it is, even though they all know it is. But do your job. If you do your job, I do my job, we're successful. It's when one or two guys are not where they're supposed to be, slip up, 
try to do too much freelance. It's the word you always use, MJ. And then all of a sudden, a play is behind you, or offensively, you're behind the sticks. Not to pick a scab, but it happened twice last week. Kennard took a bad angle. He could have uh, tackled Penny. That was a touchdown. And then Borda's uh, out there, and he didn't get the call, and that was the first touchdown to lock it. So two plays, either miscommunication or, in this case, a mental error from Kennard, led to 14 points. And the game changes a little bit if you don't – again, it's football, but you got everyone's got to do their job. Don't try to do too much. Stay in your lane, so to speak. Cardinals at the Rams coming up on Monday again. Kickoff on Monday Night Football, 6-15, 2-30. Pre-game coverage begins. Before we get into the keys, you know, it's going to be interesting um, just that, that that first five or six minutes of the game because you got a lot of young guys, and, yes, it's football, but you're in the playoffs. It's the only game on. There's going to be games over the weekend, but people are going to be running errands and everything else. The, those first couple drives are going to be interesting. Kyler, he has no fear. The, the, the game's not too big for him. He, he relishes these opportunities. But you have a lot of young players on this roster. And, again, do what you're supposed to do. But the, the first five or six minutes, whether offense or defense, is going to be interesting just to see. We don't need any false starts. You know, guys getting a little uh, antsy and they jump off sides. You know, so in, encroachments. It's, so I'm really paying attention to those first couple drives, whether it's offense or defense, just to see how this team settles in. The last thing you want to do is trail. You, you don't want to get into a track meet with these guys. Not saying you can't, but the whole idea is to, to put them in third and long and try to force some turnovers. And if there are slip-ups, and even if you do get off to a good start, keep that pedal down. Yes. Keep it going. Don't relax. And how do you respond to those first – maybe possession or two first five minutes of the opening quarter because you see it every time. You know, everyone is excited. The crowd is into it. And then how do you respond? Don't let up. So even if things aren't looking great in those first five minutes, it's okay. You still have three quarters worth. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really just being able to, you know, because you, you got to figure everyone's going to be jacked up. And they're going to go out there for pregame warm-ups and they get in the locker room and listen to their music and then they get their assignments. And you just hope that after their first quarter they still have some legs. And, and again, it's football. These guys have played an entire season for the most part. Um, you know, obviously some guys didn't play the full season. But, yeah, I, listen, talk, listen to these guys this week. Um, they're saying all the right things. They know what's at stake. So now it's just a matter of going out there and playing complimentary football. When the Cardinals play complimentary football, they're a very good football team. Cardinals and Rams coming up on Monday as we break it down here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We know Cardinals and Rams have met twice already this season, each winning on the other's home field. Does history repeat itself or is it a brand new ball game? As we like to say, you turn the page, flip the script, if you will. It's a brand new game as far as the 2021 NFL playoffs are concerned. Craig, this is what you play for. You know, listen, will the Cardinals, you know, should have finished with more wins? Okay, sure, but it didn't happen. They're in the playoffs. This, it's a new season. You start over. Nobody's going to worry about what happened in the last month of the season. Now, if you go out there and lay an A, they're going to say there's, there's carryover to the postseason. But this is what you play for, to get to the postseason. Only 14 teams. And, you know, at the end, there's only going to be two teams. So you got to take care of business. But this is why you these guys put the work in to be rewarded to play in a playoff game. And hopefully it's just not one playoff game. 
All right, so 14 teams. How do the Cardinals make sure they are one of eight teams advancing to the divisional round? Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory here on Cardinals Cover 2. What is number one? They must have balance on offense run pass. If they're throwing the ball 40 times, that means they're probably trailing and they got to come from behind, and that all of a sudden maybe they're teeing off on Kyler Murray, and that's where interceptions can come in. I'm not saying come out there and run the ball in the first 10 plays. I'm just saying you have to have balance on offense. Now, a lot of it's going to have to do with James Conner and Chase Edmonds, uh, Jonathan Ward, and Eno Benjamin, Kyler Murray. Um, and take what the defense gives you. You know, don't try to play hero ball. Um, if you have to go on these drives, just make sure you score touchdowns in the red zone. So you got to have balance on offense. Uh, again, it would be ideal over 30 rushes and then maybe 35 to 38. And the Cardinals have been averaging 65 to 70 plays. So, you know, if you're a lead, you can run the ball like they did the, the first go-around in week four 40 times. But, you know, I think it's going to be more of a tighter game than it was in, in at State Farm Stadium. But you have to have balance and take what the defense gives you. Don't get greedy uh, to make a big play. Take the play that's there. And we know the stat that you love, 30 or more rushing attempts, Cardinals are undefeated, 9-0. and Now they're able to get to that 30 mark because they're playing – well they have the lead or they're only down a field goal or a touchdown it's when they trail and then all of a sudden that's when you see k1 all of a sudden 35 plus 40 plus pass attempts i believe it was 49 in the second meeting against the rams because they got behind and when this team gets behind there's a little bit of a panic button and all of a sudden hey we need to do it now no you don't not if it's only the second quarter not if it's only midway through the third quarter you hit the panic button or you put the pedal to the metal, so to speak, in the fourth quarter when you need to run it quickly and have some up-tempo and run that two-minute maybe with eight minutes to go. doesn't need to be done in the first half. Yeah, and, you know, if the Cardinals can somehow defer, uh, maybe they want to put their offense on the field. But if you make a stop, that goes a long way. And then you try to double up, maybe you get a score before the half, whether it's a field goal or not, and get the ball in the third quarter, that would go a long way. Uh, number two. The defense needs to get pressure up the middle, up the middle. I'm not saying you know Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden can't get there from the outside, but I think they got to get pressure up the middle and make Matthew Stafford uncomfortable, make him take him off his spot. And I think that will go a long way. And the reason why quarterbacks don't like to look at the rush, but if somebody are at your feet and knees, uh, they have a tendency to bail out of the pocket a little bit earlier than normal. So – Make him uncomfortable, but you're going to have to do it up the middle, and we'll see if he's able to roll out to extend the pocket to the right or left, or if, is he is he under center more than he is in the shotgun because in the shotgun he gets rid of the ball about 2.5. That means he's trying to get rid of it before he gets hit. Marcus Golden, 11 sacks. Chandler Jones, 10.5 sacks. If one or both, preferably both, have at least one sack, I like how this defense will be playing. And then the wild card in all of this is J.J. Watt and what his presence on the football field will mean to the outside rushers. Can he get some pressure up the middle, either in front of the center or the guard, or maybe in, sometimes in that three technique outside of a tackle? You know, I don't know how many snaps J.J. Watt will play, if at all, but even if it is, what, 15? Is that sound, I mean, I don't think there would be anything more than 20 or 25, And but just – Accounting for J.J. Watt, if you're Matthew Stafford, regardless of the fact we haven't seen him since late October, number 99, like they're 99, you have to be aware of where he's at. 
There's no doubt about it. And 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 the fact is, you know, it's going to be interesting who's going to be up if Watt is active. Jordan Phillips has practice. You know, Josh Moore obviously is a rotation guy. You look at Michael Dogby, Rashard Lawrence, um, Corey Peters. Maybe I'm missing someone here, but. Zach Allen, we'll see if he's up. I mean, so it's going to be interesting because normally you'll dress seven to have a really good rotation, and so those guys can be fresh possibly in the second half. So, again, just make them uncomfortable. Uh, we know the stats, eight interceptions, um, but he threw 41 touchdowns this year. So let's not – you know, he's a good quarterback, and there's a reason why they upgraded the position. Um, but I do think he's got the pressure going into this game because – um, they've been to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and now he's 0-3, but as Van said, that means nothing come Monday night. He's on a different team, different scheme, different personnel, nothing against Detroit, but the Rams have a much better chance to, to, to win based on the, the skill level they have and the play caller. Stafford's on a streak, uh, three consecutive games with multiple turnovers, and he's been picked off eight times in the four games since he had zero picks against the Cardinals in week 14. He yeah. is going to give you one. At least. And, and if you can you can get him off his spot and he's got to force that ball, uh, I like the fact that they're getting healthy in the, in the secondary with Murphy, Wilson, uh, Peterson, Hamilton, and Breland, and then you throw in Jalen and Buda Baker. Uh, that would be great if you can force a turnover or two because that would go a long way. All right, so three keys. Number one is balance, run, pass, two, pressure up the middle from that defensive front. What is number three? Cardinals have to contain the Rams' defensive line to give Murray a clean pocket. Easier said than done. We know they move Aaron Donald around. And, Craig, I got I to gotta think the offensive line, they watched the film. Um, it wasn't very good. I think, you know, Humphrey's practicing this week coming off of COVID. He was getting bull rushed. Um, you know, so I I anticipate the offense line is going to play a lot better than they did a week ago. Just like, you know, maybe where they were in Dallas where they controlled the line of scrimmage. But you're going to have to contain. I didn't say the front seven, even though they do have Leonard Floyd, Von Miller. He's he's, he's obviously shown up in the stat sheet. And then you got Aaron Down, And they got some other defensive linemen that can get to the quarterback. So I'm just saying hopefully you can contain them. And Kyler may have to get rid of the ball. I don't want him running backwards throw the ball away instead of taking the sack. Easier said than done. They're one of the best teams getting to the quarterback um, when it comes to pressures, uh, hurries, knockdowns, and tackle for losses. In, in the last game, he had three sacks, three quarterback hits, three tackle for losses, referring to Donald, and he had like 14 or 15 pressures. So th that has to be that has to be the point of emphasis this week. Contain the line. You're not going to stop him. And give Murray a clean pocket so he has time to throw the ball. First offensive play of the game for the Arizona Cardinals. What happens? Because the first offensive play last time around, Max Garcia was put on his heels and he was on roller skates because Aaron Donald bull rushed him into Kyler Murray. And do you remember how the game ended? And Aaron Donald sack. Full circle. So as much as we want to talk about everyone else on that Rams defense, <laughs> for me it's all about one guy, 99. Because you contain him, which the Cardinals did in the first meeting, you have success. You don't, you don't have success like in the second meeting. So it's not just Max Garcia, it's Rodney Hudson, it's Justin Pugh. We've even seen Donald line up against DJ Humphreys in the past. So he moves around, and as an offensive line, I think it's a good point that you make as far as their performance 
last week against Seattle. It was not good. Humphreys had a couple of holding calls. Haven't had a chance to speak with DJ as far as how much of that was rushed, considering the time he had missed being on the reserve COVID-19 list. I don't think that Seahawks defense was that much better than the Cardinals' offensive line. It was an anomaly, in my opinion, as far as how poor the offensive line played. So they have something to prove to themselves, not to us, but to themselves as far as better film than what they showed in Week 18. Yeah, they put some bad uh, you know, film out there. Now, when, when you look at it from a standpoint of we had Kyle Van Bosch on here uh, on Tuesday, the Red Sea Report, and, and he, I don't know if it was on air or off air, but the fact is when you don't work out, and he maybe had a gym in his house, but you know some guys it affects a little bit more differently than others when it comes to smell and taste. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because that was the worst game I've seen DJ Humphreys play in a lot of years. So I'll give him the, give him the benefit of the doubt, but I got to think when they go back to the film, they know that that's not who they are. And if this team is going to make a run in the playoffs, you need to protect Kyler Murray, get the running game going, as I mentioned, for the first key. You have to have balance. Again, if they're throwing the ball a ton, that's probably not a good recipe. And as we discussed earlier here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, you get a run game going, which they did in that first meeting, and you're running at Aaron Donald, which sounds absurd, but you don't want him chasing. And if you can run at him, Maybe you double-team him or at least get him out of the way a little bit. That's where they had success, finding where he is. And then if it's a run play, you run at him. That was the worst game of his career, according to Pro Football Focus. And then he came in. Uh, they, they treated it like a playoff game on that Monday night. Uh, they punched the Cardinals in the face, and the Cardinals did not respond. So, again, physicality, trenches, that's going to go a long way. And, again, they're a good team. So I'm not saying the Cardinals got to do all this to, to try to win the game, but you have to have some balance on offense and score some points when you get in the uh, red zone, not field goals, touchdowns. All right, so let's recap. Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory. Balance on offense in terms of the run-pass ratio. Defense, get some pressure up the middle. Knock Matthew Stafford around, literally. Knock him around, especially make him uncomfortable in the pocket. Number three, I'm just going to go say – Contained, yeah. Well, really, it's their pass rushers, yeah. you know. But but he lines up nose tackle, D tackle, uh, defensive end. But then you got Von Miller. He's he, you know he probably he looks like he's knocked some of that rust off when he wasn't able to play in Denver. And then Leonard Floyd. I mean, they got three legitimate guys that can get that after the quarterback. All right. So those are your three keys for the Arizona Cardinals to advance into the divisional round. What's your X factor? Because I'm going to piggyback and, and give you my own X factor if we're different, but what is your X factor here? Which quarterback plays better? I mean, it sounds simple. I know it's a team game. But if the Cardinals can get back to what they were doing, and I know that you're going to say that they haven't shown that in the last couple of weeks. They showed it in Dallas, so there is there is a game to go back to. In, in Matthew Stafford, yes, 41 touchdowns. He's got weapons. Um, he's flourishing in McVay's offense, but he also has 17 interceptions. So I know it comes down to blocking, tackling, games won in the trenches, but I think which quarterback plays better is going to have the upper hand when the game is over. And I know you can say that about every single game here in the playoffs, maybe even every single game in the regular season. It's too simple, but it's true. As your quarterback plays, that's how your team plays. Very rarely have we seen – the defense really uplift an entire team and carry them 
into a deep run in the postseason. Well, I mean, let's just look at a, a, another match. Look at the Eagles and Buccaneers. I don't think anyone's saying, well, you got to outplay Tom Brady, right? <laughs> True. They have to run the ball. I mean, Philadelphia can run the ball. And do you think anybody's going to say Josh Allen's got to outplay Mac Jones? No. I know what you're saying. You can say that for every game. But to me, it's the matchup where he's throwing 41 touchdowns and Kyler Murray can go toe-to-toe with this guy. So I think it's a little bit different if you're relying on your run game. It's not about the quarterback play. And I gave you two examples. But I just think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who has the most yards. Uh, touchdowns would help. Completion percentage, yards per attempt can go a long way. you gotta, you got to get better than six or seven. He was at nine, one of the best in the league when this team was rolling. So, uh, again, I, th- I just think at the end of the day, which quarterback plays better, and it's probably going to come down to which quarterback doesn't take as much pressure or doesn't turn the ball over. Kyler, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Those are his season stats compared to Matthew Stafford, 41 and 17. Kyler, one, missed three games he did not have DeAndre Hopkins for a period of time, but this team doesn't throw the ball as much as the Los Angeles Rams because they've got James Conner. Yeah, and, and the thing is they both have 52 touchdowns on the year. Teams, yes. Teams, and they're, and, and they're really similar in yards, over 6,000. Drives, one has 180 and 181. Their third down and red zone are very similar, even though the Rams over the last couple of weeks they have scored – they were at 60% during the year. I want to say over the last four games, they're at 68% when they get down to the red zone. All right. My X factor in this, the location. Not specific to SoFi Stadium. As Buda Baker pointed out, that's where the Super Bowl is going to be played this season. The fact that this game is not in the state of Arizona. And we know the reason to be optimistic is this team, and I'm not proud of this because I think it's – Ridiculous that this team has a five-game home losing streak. But it is what it is. The Arizona Cardinals in 2021 were the number one road team in all of the National Football League. Eight wins. They ranked number one in turnover differential, had the fewest turnovers, ranked number one in forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, number one in points scored, total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, and passer rating, all on the road. And the road home splits when you look at offense or defense, and it's very easy. You get up to a lead, you're able to run the ball more effectively. When you're trailing, all of a sudden your passing yards and passing attempts go up. And individually, Kyler Murray plays much better on the road than he does at home. 15 touchdowns, three interceptions on the road versus nine touchdowns, seven interceptions at home. His quarterback rating, MJ, 109.2 on the road, 93.2 at home. And, again, it is what it is. This is the reason why, regardless if you're a Cardinals fan or not, and the fact that they have won at SoFi Stadium, and they did win recently at the Dallas Cowboys, another playoff team, that you have to be optimistic that this team can find that sliver what worked against the Dallas Cowboys that didn't work hardly ever during those final five games that the Arizona Cardinals can go in and win a ninth road game here in 2021? You know, I was reading some stuff today, and, and I, I really like the way uh, the offense ran in Cleveland. Obviously, you know, it was by collaboration. But I read that when, when you look at the analytics, they said that the best game that Kyler Murray's played this year was against the Rams. Best game. With the first game? Yep. Okay. 
24, 24 for 32, 268. He was sacked three times, had two touchdowns, um, long 41, and he was able to run six for 39 yards. And, and the difference was them being able to run the football, and they won the game 37-20, but they had 40 rushes. But according to analytics, and I thought the Cleveland game was, was impressive um, just from the standard. They didn't have their head coach and Spencer Whipple and, and, and uh, Colt McCoy. But according to analytics, that was his best game. Now, maybe you can give me a game where he had four touchdowns or two rushing touchdowns and two throwing touchdowns, and maybe his his quarterback rating wasn't as high. But based on what they asked him to do in that game, that really stood out. Six rushing attempts for 39 yards. You had a healthy James Conner, a healthy Chase Edmonds. They combined for 30 carries and 170 yards plus two touchdowns. And if you do have both those running backs, now all of a sudden the question is, and I've heard this as far as Kyler Murray, because this offense has bogged down, which we've detailed here on Cardinals Cover 2, does Kyler Murray need to run more? Does he need to be the spark? Now, how long does he have to run as far as can he do it a couple of times and that gets everyone on track, gets the Rams thinking, oh, wait, we got to account for number one, or is it something that has to be sustained throughout the entire ballgame? I hope it's not the latter, but if it is the latter, whatever it takes to get this team into the next weekend. Yeah, I, I think he's going to do whatever he needs to do. And, you know, just run straight. Don't start running backwards. And he knows this, um, you know, kind of being tongue-in-cheek. Don't take those sacks. But it, whatever he has to do, he's going to do. And he's going to be on, on, this, on the big stage. And there's no other dynamic quarterback like Kyler Murray. Yes, you, you can bring up other names. But when he gets in the open field, uh, you know how I feel. He's Devon, uh, Devin Hester, and he makes grown men look silly because they can't tackle him. So uh, I hope we see a couple big runs to where that will all of a sudden make the Rams think twice about putting pressure on him. How the season ended, those final five games, Kyler Murray, 6.6 yards per pass attempt. Not good, considering through the first seven games of the season, he was leading the league at almost nine yards per pass attempt. 29 rushing attempts for 217 yards. He averaged 7.5 yards per carry over those final five games. Which Kyler Murray do we see on Monday night? The dual threat. The dual threat. But you get the running game going, takes pressure off of him, opens up play action. Again, they just can't fall behind because all of a sudden it, it's going to take Cliff out of his call sheet, and all of a sudden you're pressing, and he said he doesn't press, but it's just human nature when things aren't going well. So the X factor, yours was like which yours. quarterback played better, and I kind of piggyback saying, hey, it's it's the location, the fact that this game is not played at State Farm Stadium, which is unfortunate, and I've made my feelings known about that. All right, there's one other aspect, the intangible here in all of this on this wild card, super wild card weekend, MJ. Well, I feel like over the last couple of days we've been uh, grateful to talk to Zach Ertz and you know, Kyler Murray and, and Cliff Kingsbury about Zach Ertz, and I love what he said today that, you know, in the first quarter he'll run a different route where in the fourth quarter it's going to be different. He's the most targeted guy. Um, Kyler Murray is, is trusts him. He's open a lot of different times just based on his route running. It's pretty impressive because he I think he said he got here in week eight. I don't recall. And then he came to town. He started learning the playbook. And we know, Craig, just based on that first year, it's a very complex playbook. It, all of it's predicated on the routes and the coverage. You have to change your route based on the coverage. And he's adapted. So I think intangible, Ertz could be a matchup issue for the Rams secondary. And Kyle will throw it to him. He's not if somebody's open, but he he claims he's open half the time, even when he throws to another player. So, I like that matchup. Um, 
And to me, there's a trust factor there, and I think Kingsbury realizes he's a weapon when it comes to this Cardinals offense. Zach Ertz has been here three months. Let me say that again. He's been here three months, and again, he speaks glowingly about Kyler Murray. He was asked earlier about learning the offense and said, yeah, it was tough at first, but once you get to know it, it makes a ton of sense, and then all of a sudden it becomes easy. So props to him for what he has been able to do in a short amount of time and a move that was not anticipated until Max Williams went down. And don't want to lose sight of the players that are, we're not going to see on the football field. And Max Williams, who was a large part of all of this. DeAndre Hopkins, a large part of all this. Robert Alford, a large part of where this team is at the moment. So I like it. Zach Ertz does have playoff experience. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He and Chandler Jones, I think Max Garcia might also have one, but there are there are only a handful of players on this Arizona Cardinals team know what it takes not to win a playoff game, but a sustained playoff run in the National Football League. Well, usually when you go to a new team, you're better off being seen, not heard. But I was told that you know there is time maybe after the Colts game where he, he, he basically told the guys, I've never been on a more talented team than this. We have to keep – I'm paraphrasing. I wasn't in there, obviously. We, we cannot keep shooting ourselves in the foot. And so for a guy of that caliber who's played in the big game and has had a great career, um, t- the fact that he's willing to speak up, that's another leader in the locker room we don't talk about because he's been here long enough and he sees things that maybe can be better. At the end of the question, he said, it could be a lot better with Kyler and I. Did you notice that? I did. A little subtle hint, perhaps, but yeah, and they're always working. No no great athlete, no one great at what they do is ever satisfied with what they've done. I, I, I'm thoroughly impressed with his route running. I mean, he gets open, and, and again, it's not like he's playing Max Williams, and they do miss Max. I mean, 11 personnel is perfect. He can, you know, uh, chip, release. Kyler trusted him and Dan Arnold down the seam. You're seeing him move around a little bit more. Sometimes he'll line on my hop side, depending on if Antoine Wesley's out there. Sometimes he'll line the slot if A.J. Green's on the right side, and then you got Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. Um, but I, I'm, I've been really impressed with him, and I hope they can uh, re-sign him in the future. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Super wild card weekend. You want more reason to be optimistic, Bird Gang? How about this little nugget? The road team has won 10 of the last 14 wildcard games over the past three seasons, and road teams are 12-6 and six overall since the 2017 playoffs. Oh, that's a great nugget. Appreciate the National Football League for emailing that out. But hey, yeah, it's- listen, you got to do the research to find that stuff. All right, before we go, I don't want to give too much, but really other thing, I, we usually go with three keys, intangible and X-factor, but it's a playoff game. Cardinals Corners versus Cooper Cup. That's what we're going to have to watch early in the game. Now, he's Murphy one week, uh, the first going around. The second one, you give it to Cooper Cup. Did the Cardinals play zone? What do they do there? Because we know he's going to get targeted, and he's a really good route runner. I mean, there's a reason why he put up the numbers. So, Murph won the first round. Cooper Cup won the second round. Who wins the third round? And then, you know, the obvious thing is, you really just don't want to turn the ball over and give them a short field. I mean, I, I'm, I know it's obvious, but these are little things that, that will creep up if you don't win the football game. And, again, anytime you get a special teams touchdown, home, uh, the team or the opponent or a you know pick six 
um, it really flips in the postseason. It gets magnified. Super wild card weekend. I know a lot has been made about this being the first ever playoff game on Monday night. Whether you like it or don't like it from a fan perspective, I think you love it because you get three days of football. And personally for me, on the back end, yeah, you might suffer as far as prep. Let's hope that is the case. As Zach Ertz said, it's a good problem to have. But, MJ, we've got all day Saturday, all day Sunday, with nothing to do but watch playoff football. We're not getting ready for a game later that day or having to worry about anything. So I like the fact that the Cardinals are the last game. Now you get antsy, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is a long, long wait because you see what happens on Saturday. Raiders and Bengals, and then the Patriots and Bills. Then there are three games on Sunday. Eagles, Buccaneers, 49ers at the Cowboys, which I'm really interested in and then Sunday night Steelers at Chiefs you've got to sit through five games if you're a coach a player a fan before your team before you take the field at 615 on Monday a long wait but hey it's better than the alternative and watching all six games because you're not a part of the action here this weekend. Yeah, I mean, those are champagne problems. I will worry about that next week. Hopefully we're having a nice conversation Monday night on the postgame show. Uh, but I think this is this is probably one of the better matchups because you have a four or five, you know, everyone's going to look at, you know, Cincinnati and, and the Raiders and just first time Derek Carr's in the postseason. But four or five, and then you start looking at the three, six, New England and uh, Buffalo. Three, six would be Dallas and San Francisco here. Uh, I'm not expecting Philly to win, but I, I think this is one of the better matchups on paper just because, A, it's a division game. They both split during the regular season. Rams 12-5, and five, Cardinals 11-6. and six. Five of the six games this weekend, rematches from the regular season, and in the case of Cardinals-Rams and Patriots-Bills, third meeting between these two teams. Yet the one game that I'm really interested in, and maybe it's more nostalgia than anything else, but 49ers and Cowboys. How many times have we seen these two teams lock up in the playoffs? And there are a lot of people believe that San Francisco wins on Sunday and advances to the divisional round. All right, so we have Las Vegas and Cincinnati at 235. New England, Buffalo, 615. It's supposed to be like zero degrees. <laughs> Who knows about the win? Maybe they'll throw it more than three times. Sunday, 1105, Philadelphia at Tampa, 240. San Francisco at Dallas, so that's a primetime game. And then the evening game is Pittsburgh and Kansas City at 6.15. And then fast forward to Monday night, 6.15, Cardinals-Rams on Monday night football. I am fired up. 2.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. I'm ready. MJ, you're ready. I think everyone is ready for this because it has been so long. Regardless of how the regular season ended, Amen. a six-year wait ends on Monday. Cannot wait for this matchup. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition, this postseason edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.